you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com events. Studios. We spoke to people who sold their house and became homeless after doing so because they had nowhere else to go. They call it find the pain and they kind of leverage that pain in some cases when someone might not even really want to sell their house or they think selling their house is their only option. It can be a pretty fraught experience for many people. This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you navigate some of the more complicated things going on in this city. I'm Brian De Los Santos. You've probably seen the signs, those big billboards with the phrase, we buy ugly houses, scrawled across it, followed by an 800 number. They have a massive advertising apparatus. They're all over the L.A. landscape, and you can pretty much find them all over the country, too. If you have just the slightest inkling that you might want to sell your house, you're thinking, oh, we buy ugly houses. They're for a company called Homevestors of America, real estate investment group. Basically, they're home flippers, the folks you call if you need to sell your house quickly. They say they're in the business of helping people, but that isn't always the case. A recent investigation by the nonprofit newsroom ProPublica found that a number of companies' franchises, including ones right here in LA, have actually taken advantage of people, oftentimes the elderly, to make a deal. They're very difficult stories, particularly when you're talking about older adults. It's pretty eye-opening, so we think you might want to know about it, should you or your abuelita ever have to deal with a house flipper. Anjanette Damon is one of the reporters on this story. Hey, Anjanette, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So let's start things off with Homevestors. Who are they and what do they do? So Homevestors of America, you might know them better by the We Buy Ugly Houses billboards. They are basically a house flipping franchise company. Think of like McDonald's or Subway. You have individual business owners that buy a franchise through Homevestors, and then they go about the business of trying to buy homes below market value, sometimes fixing them up, but often flipping them for a profit. They say that their business model is to help people out of difficult situations and to trade. Basically, if you're doing business with a house flipper like this, you're trading top dollar for speed and convenience. It's so interesting because I've seen these signs all over Southern California, and now I know really what they're about. These people are real estate investors as opposed to a real estate agency. Can you explain the difference here? When you hire a real estate agent, they have a fiduciary responsibility to look out for your interests. And that responsibility is protected by law and regulation. 
when a real estate investor or a house flipper comes to you, they have no responsibility to you. It's capitalism, they're in the market, they're trying to make a profit, and so they're gonna offer you lower dollar for your house. And there's very little regulation. If you feel like you've been mistreated by one, there's not a licensing board or anyone to go to to say, hey, this real estate investor treated me unfairly. So, to be clear, the work of homebusters isn't really regulated by the state or, or anything? Some states have started to try and enact some regulations, and so have some cities. But real estate law or real estate laws and regulations are largely a state by state kind of thing. There's not a federal law that governs any of this. So there's some jurisdictions that have a few protections for homeowners. Some states, uh, Philadelphia is a city um, that's recently passed some ordinances to try and protect homeowners. Oklahoma has some new regulations. Arizona has recently passed some things, but it's really up to individual state legislatures and there's not a lot of attention brought to some of the more unfair practices or predatory practices that house flippers engage in. I want to hone in on Los Angeles and Southern California. How big of a player is Homevestors here? They have more than 20 franchises in the Los Angeles area, and that's just in Los Angeles County. They're pretty big in LA, but they really have a lot of success in kind of emerging and hot markets. So like Phoenix, Atlanta, cities in North Carolina, cities in Florida, but you'll find a Homevestors franchise in almost every single state in the country. One of the problems is this lack of transparency. It's really difficult to just go and search public records to see, well, how many transactions, how many houses are Homevestors franchises buying in any particular area? You really have to go county by county. And in some cases, there's no public record trail whatsoever because they do this thing where they will come in, they will have you sign a contract to sell your house and then they sell that contract to somebody else, another investor. It's kind of an arcane business practice that people don't, I didn't understand before I started reporting on this. And that leaves virtually no public record trail whatsoever. So it's really difficult to get a handle on who's active, where, and how active they are. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish, rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at las.com slash events. See you there. Their overall company and its franchises brand themselves as a company that's there to help you, right? And you actually found a different reality. Can you talk to me more a little bit about that? 
they spend a lot of money building this brand, the We Buy Ugly Houses brand, the Homevestors of America brand, as a company that seeks to help people out of difficult situations. They'll even call them ugly situations to stick to the branding. And in some cases, it's a service that people take advantage of and benefit from. You know, you have a, a loved one who has died out of area and you just need to liquidate the house quickly to settle the estate. There's lots of reasons why people might want to sell a house quickly, but we found that they employ pretty aggressive sales tactics to find people who are experiencing hardship. They call it find the pain and they kind of leverage that pain in some cases when someone might not even really want to sell their house or they think selling their house is their only option. Whereas there might be some other assistance programs that they could take advantage of or other things that would keep them in their home. We spoke to people who sold their house and became homeless after doing so because they had nowhere else to go. One gentleman I spoke with in Florida, he lived out his final days believing he was gonna be evicted soon. It can be a, a pretty fraught experience for many people. We'll get more into that after the break. You're listening to How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. I want to turn to the story of the woman in Baldwin Park, Corrine Casanova, and how Homevestor mm -hmm. franchise Patriot Holdings. Tell us more about that. So Corrine Casanova bought her house in the 60s with her husband lived there, raised their family there. She had paid it off a long time ago. And she was getting older. She started suffering from dementia. And her kids were like, okay, you know, mom needs protection here. We need to get mom into assisted living. A couple days before she was supposed to move into assisted living, it dawned on her, oh, I might need to sell my house or I need to know how much my house is worth. And so she called the number on a Homevestor's letter that she had and said, hey, I, I'm going to be moving. Can you tell me how much my house is worth? Homevestor sent out a salesperson from Patriot Holdings the next day. And within an hour or so, he had obtained a contract signed by Corrine Casanova to sell her house for about 60% of what it was worth. Unfortunately, Corrine Casanova only lived for another 19 days. Her family had no idea she had signed this contract. She had maybe a three minute memory, so she couldn't even remember enough to tell them that she had signed the contract. Wow. When they learned of the contract, they went to Patriot Holdings and said, hey, our mom has dementia. She had no understanding of what she was doing with you. We need to get out of this contract. We're not selling the house. And Patriot Holdings, rather than walking away, sued the family for breach of contract. And it was a legal battle that stretched many years. Patriot Holdings eventually gave up that lawsuit. The same man that Corrine Casanova dealt with came under criminal investigation for buying two houses in Ventura County from older adults. And so when he came under criminal investigation, Patriot Holdings settled that lawsuit, gave up, returned ownership of the house 
uh, lifted its property dispute and David Casanova, Corrine's son, uh, was able to maintain ownership of it and sold the house. So in that sense, they won, they got the house back. But unlike many people that face this kind of situation, David Casanova says he has the time and he has the resources to continue his own legal fight against Patriot Holdings. He's suing them for fraud and elder abuse, and that case is set to go to trial next month. You and your colleagues interviewed at least five folks in other circumstances. What was your kind of takeaway as you heard their stories? They're very difficult stories, particularly when you're talking about older adults. Your house is, for many people, your biggest investment of your lifetime. It's not just an investment, it's you have emotional attachments to it, it's your shelter, it's where you live. And when you're older, a lot of times your house is the only way for you to pass down wealth to another generation or to finance your later years if you do need additional medical care or you do need to go into a nursing home or or assisted living, you rely on that money to pay for that. In these cases, homeowners sold their house for far less than it was worth and didn't have that money to rely on towards the end of their life. The practice that really surprised me was, again, what happened to Corrine Casanova. After that contract is signed, they deploy really aggressive legal maneuvers to trap you in the deal. If, say, you sign a contract very quickly, when they come to your house, they'll be ready to present you with a contract on the spot. And if you sign it and then you think back, oh, I really should not have signed that contract, and you try to get out of it, one, they can sue you, and they often do, and two, they do what's called clouding your title. So they file a document that is a public notice that there's an ownership dispute over the home, and that pretty much prevents you from selling it to anybody else, because no one else is gonna wanna get involved in a legal fight over a house. They're gonna wanna have a clean purchase. And actually, Homevestors, after learning of our reporting, when we went to the company and said, why are you doing this? They prohibited that practice. So going forward, Homevestors franchises should not be doing that anymore. You just noted that they changed one of their practices, but what else did Homevestors and their franchises have to say about your investigation? To give Homevestors credit, they responded to our questions. Uh, We sent them several rounds of questions. They responded to um, almost every one of them. They provided us a statement. They said that the examples that we came up with. They have tens of thousands of home purchases and they said the the stories we uncovered um, are just a small percentage. However, we also obtained a recording of a phone call that Homevestors leadership had with their franchise owners to warn them that our story was coming out. And in that phone call, they praised our reporting, said it was very thorough. They said it was good reporting. And again, they prohibited this practice of clouding titles or using these extreme legal maneuvers to trap people in the deal. Overall, people who are listening to this podcast, what do you hope that they take away from your reporting? One of the reasons that 
house flippers and homebusters in particular are very successful is that there's an information imbalance. Real estate is a very complicated area and homebusters and their franchises are very sophisticated in real estate. And so if you've owned your house for a really long time, you haven't bought or sold a house in a long time, maybe you're not paying attention to what the market's doing and you don't understand all of the practices that they employ, that makes it a little bit easier for them to take advantage. And so my hope is that this reporting will get to as many people as possible so that you'll understand what practices you're faced with. Thanks so much, Anjanette. Yeah, thank you. That's Anjanette Damon from ProPublica. She's talking about the ugly truth behind those We Buy Ugly Houses signs. We have the whole article up on our website, las.com slash howtola. Go check it out. This episode was produced by Megan Botel. Our other producers are Evan Jacoby and Victoria Alejandro. That's it for us today. We'll be back here tomorrow with... Not so sure, but you'll have to be surprised. All right, y'all. Adios. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at Elias.com slash sweeps. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events.